Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds on 103.7 The Buzz every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. I hope everybody's having a wonderful week and dealing well with uh, the, the craziness going on in our world. It's, it's amazing that every single day something changes, something updates, but uh, yet I'm already going out of my mind. I'm sure as many of you are. Uh, in fact, uh, my dog Rowdy, we are already at odds with one another. He's sick of me being around him all the time. He's tired of me staying at home as much as I am, and he's had enough of it. So uh, it's it's not a, it's not a very good time here at the neighbor's household. But uh, obviously, there's a lot going on, and hopefully, everybody's staying safe, staying quarantined, staying hydrated, staying hygienic, uh, staying sanitized, whatever, staying all those things. But uh, you know, we, this podcast must go on, though. The podcast must go on, and we're still going to do all the things that we possibly can to make it a lot more enjoyable for everybody, and where you can kick back and relax and just have fun. And that's what uh, hopefully this podcast is able to give many of you here today. So appreciate everyone listening in. I, I had mentioned earlier this week about on the podcast doing some sort of change up of formats where you know we start doing like these top five lists or whatnot. And, you know, some of you had reached out to me via social media, and I'll say this, I was kind of uh, shocked to see how many people actually reached out and wanted me to do particular lists or particular things, and which is awesome, is awesome, especially dealing with Razorback stuff. Uh, but one of the things I did the other night was actually doing a periscope, if you will, where we watched old Razorback highlights. I meant to do it again last night, but I had some technical issues, but it should be fixed by tonight, so I'm thinking about doing it again. But we just watched some Razorback highlights together, watched some great games, thanks to War Machine of 2013, uh, as I like to call them, there uh, on YouTube. So we watched some highlights. It was a good time. It was awesome. And, uh, you know, I think that it's going to be uh, going to be awesome again here tonight. So if you haven't been able to check it out yet, be sure to be on the lookout on Periscope for it because it's going to happen. Buzz John Neighbors is where you need to go. But anyways, folks, uh, I, I decided that from a few of the suggestions that uh, many of you threw out, uh, it was kind of a, a general, you know, top five list for the most part. But then there were some specifics in which we'll get to here as the time goes on. But I wanted to just start with the most general, the most basic, the most, you know, one that everyone can relate to in this top five list, which I'm starting today, is dealing with the top five Razorback games just strictly of all time, in my opinion. Now, it's not necessarily, because um, here's the thing, you can say one of them's the best, which obviously... There are a few that will stand out because of the meaning behind them. There will be some that were just great games because of the way the games were played themselves, back and forth and whatnot, so you could use that. But to me, that's, you know, you can make a bunch of different lists for all of that. So how I'm going to look at it is just the top five most memorable games. Memorable. Because memorable can mean anything. Memorable can mean because of what it meant. Memorable can mean because of the great game that it was. Uh, memorable can mean so many different things. So I'm deciding that just, and this is all sports, what I'm going to be doing it for. And that's why I wanted to start so general and so big on this. I, I believe that there are a few games that stand out for different reasons because of, again, things that it meant to me. 
But it's not necessarily just because of, you know, what the meaning of it was, because I'm sure some of you are going to get mad and start disagreeing and saying, how in the world could you say that you wanted, that you liked that game, or you wanted that game, or you listened or remembered that game. Um, but I, I just feel like it's it's something that can be unique to every one of us. It doesn't have to be something specific to you or to me, or there's only one right or answer or anything like that. It can just be very unique to us all. So, I wanted to start, of course, and it's not in any particular order, too. I wanted to make that known as well, because I don't think you could. I don't think I could put them in any particular order as a ranking system. So I'm just going to give you top five and kind of explain why, because I think that there's uh, various reasons. And, and the first one, of course, I got to start with the most obvious and basic one, and that is the 1994 National Championship game. Folks, this is a game that really set apart anything and everything else that Razorback Athletics ever stood for. I know the 64 championship that people look back on and say, you know, that was a big deal, and it was, and I don't want to take anything away from it, but it was also one that was claimed, you know, by the record books. A lot of people don't believe it was actually Arkansas's championship. Uh, You know, it was during a time where, you know, there wasn't a lot of publicity on college football. You know, there was just not a lot of, um, not a lot of publicity that came along with it. And I'm not, again, I'm not taking anything away from it, just stating the obvious. But when you compare it to the second best college sport in the world, let's be honest, it's basketball. And I think it's taken a little bit of a back seat as time has gone on. Well, when Arkansas won their national championship just a mere 26 years ago in 1994, a lot of things happened during that time that people don't even remember, especially in the times of college basketball. It wasn't just that you won a national championship. It was that you won a national championship against the Duke Blue Devils, which at that time, Duke was considered the creme de la creme, the elite of elite of all college basketball, plain and simple. They were the big time, big dogs of all the games. And so when when all that went down, it was a big deal because it's not like you just beat a Cinderella team that got lucky. You beat Duke of all teams. And it was also during that time, too, when college basketball was really at its peak. In the early to mid-90s, college basketball, you if you think back to some of the teams and some of the moments and some of the, the stories from back then, not only did you have the Duke Blue Devils, which we all know about them, but you also had the Fab Five during that era, which was very iconic in the college basketball ranks and in the college basketball game itself. You, you had... Um, you had guys, uh, the teams like the UNLV Running Rebels, which was just, you know, a monster of a team. And then Larry Johnson, you had big personalities. You had, you know, this, and again, I'm not saying this was going on the year Arkansas won the championship, but I'm just talking about that five to seven year stretch of college basketball. You know, Shaquille O'Neal had just gotten out, uh, which was a guy that just, you know, I mean, they have a 30 for 30 on him because he was so insane for what r- rare type of basketball player he truly was. So, so you had that. I mean, that could go on and on. I mean, all the reasons why that era of college basketball was so much more unique than what it is today. And it stood out because Arkansas won it. And and not only that, and this is not a political thing, but I'm just being honest about it, folks. It was awesome when you won a national championship that during that time, the sitting president of the United States was from your state and was at your game. I mean, how awesome is that? How many times does that happen in history? Almost never. Bill Clinton was there, 
as president for the national championship game and cheered you on for, to victory. I mean, that's just that's a cool thing. No matter if you like them or not, the president of the United States being there was awesome. So just all of the moments just coming together and, and the way that the game went, and it was a fantastic game and had a fantastic moment. It's one of the most memorable, and it might be the most memorable. Again, I know I'm not going in, in ranks or anything like that, but it honestly might be the most memorable for me. It was uh, absolutely amazing. But uh, another game that stood out to me uh, was, <laughs> you know, maybe for the uh, all the right or wrong reasons, but the 07 LSU football game, which is one that we actually played in both these games, actually, that I've already talked about. We talked about a – we played them in one during the Periscope, but that was a game – that kind of really was a nice little ender for Darren McFadden, Felix Jones, Peyton Hillis in that era of the regular season. I know they played a bowl game later and got smoked, but nobody was involved in that because of the coaching issues. But that was a game that it was really – the reason it stood out to me, let me just tell you this. The reason that game stood out to me is because it truly showed the greatness of the team that you had. It showed that there was Darren McFadden, Felix Jones, and Peyton Hillis were three running backs that played all on the same team that could not be matched. I'm sorry. I know that people say, well, Alabama's had some great running backs. and No. I'm talking about three guys that got significant playing time that no one had an answer to. No one. No one had an answer to these guys. And the fact that they played as well as they did for as long as they did uh, was awesome, and you know they they didn't really get hurt that much. So I mean, the longevity of them was good. I know Peyton Hills did with some injuries, but still, overall, it was just showing the greatness of that team and those particular players, and that you could beat anybody in the country. You were good enough to, because you went down to LSU against an eventual national championship team, and you beat them, and you made them look silly, like <laughs> with your offense. I mean, it, it was incredible. So, after all of that, though, it still stings a little bit because you went eight and four. It showed you how great that team was, but you went eight and four. And that was a team that honestly should have gone at least 10 and two, no worse than that. Uh, it was a team that was, uh, was destined to be something greater than what they were. But due to poor coaching, let's just be honest, it was poor coaching by Houston Nutt and his staff, they didn't know how to handle it. And I always have said that if, it's a big if, but if like Bobby Petrino would have came a year earlier and Ryan Mallett wouldn't have gone to Michigan that 07 season and would have stuck with Arkansas and coming out of high school, I, as we're going to pull an OJ, I'm just saying but could you imagine what that team would have been like, which if you had Bobby Petrino as coach, which was the, you know, the the guru of offense, having those three running backs with a true freshman Ryan Mallett at quarterback? Now his receivers probably need would have need some work, but I think he could have worked through them. But my whole point is, is that the talent was there for greatness. But unfortunately, the coaching was not. The ego was not. And as great as that game was against LSU, where it was just a back and forth, keeping on the edge of your seat type of game, it was memorable for the greatness, but also memorable for what could have been in 2007. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 
All right, I'm going to move on to the, to the next three of these games, and I'm going to move a little quicker than the other two because obviously those had some uh, some other things I wanted to talk about and get to. You know, some people are probably already screaming at me saying, like, my goodness, you, those are the two most memorable ones you can think of. Surely you got some more, too, that are hard to, hard to beat to that point, and, and you're right. Uh, but, you know, it, it's hard for me because, again, I'm younger than probably a lot of you listening in or probably a lot of you that – uh, look back on some games because some people are going to start saying, you know, well, you know, what about what about this game from the '80s or from you know when they beat Michael Jordan and all of that? Okay, that's probably fine. But again, these are just from my recollection, my memory, and you could say it's from the SEC era. You know, if you just want to put on that one, just since Arkansas joined the SEC, these are the games that I'm thinking of. And um, another game that I wanted to to bring up that was uh, definitely one of the most memorable ones uh, for. Maybe purposes that you think is different, but Arkansas beating LSU in basketball when Shaquille O'Neal was there, and they came to Barnhill, and Dick Vitale was in the in the arena, and it went to overtime. And the reason it went to overtime is because the Big O blocked Shaq at the very end of regulation, which was a huge play by him. And then, of course, Lee Mayberry just went crazy for thirty plus points. Uh, he was hitting everything. I think he went nine of twelve from three. Just just unreal numbers. And the reason that was memorable is because it was it was just encapsulated everything about Barnhill and the energy that came along with it and the excitement that came along with it and the fact that you went up against a guy like Shaquille O'Neal, which was a player that nobody had ever seen before, being that big, but that moving that quickly, that great, that smooth, and having no real uh, part of his game that was not awesome. So... He, he was just a, a next-level player, and Arkansas was able to defeat him. In fact, Arkansas never lost to Shaquille O'Neal in LSU, and that was the final game of it all, and the crowd was going nuts, and Todd Day was was going crazy too. It was just it was a phenomenal game just for the memory of seeing Shaquille O'Neal uh, get blocked by the Big O. I mean, you can't get much better than that. Uh, another game that stands out to me, and I'm going to go with the, the football perspective here once again, and it seems like LSU is the common theme even though it's on accident, but the 2010 LSU-Arkansas game in, in War Memorial, the game that had Arkansas go on to the Sugar Bowl and uh, uh, obviously lose to Ohio State. But Arkansas was going up against LSU, and they and both teams knew what was on the line. They knew what both of them were playing for. The winner goes to the Sugar Bowl. That's what it was. You had come down to the final game of the season, and you knew exactly what you were playing for. Arkansas... Uh, was I think uh, at the time at least a top 15 team I think they were 13th or 8th or something like that but uh, anyways LSU was still uh, higher ranked than Arkansas and it was just another great game with great moments but the greatest of moments of course is the two plays to Kobe Hamilton where he had like two 80-yard touchdowns to play right before halftime six seconds to go remember the commentator saying surely Ryan Mallett takes a knee here nope not on Bobby's watch not on Bobby's watch he made sure that he was going to at least put his position, uh, team in a position to score, and that's exactly what he did. Threw the ball, got it to Kobe Hamilton. Two LSU defenders run into each other, and then off to the races goes Kobe Hamilton before that half. And then some other great plays happened too. Um, you know, uh, Ryan Mallett to Joe Adams on fourth and three when he burned the Honey Badger. was whew, That was sexy. That's, that's the best way I can describe it. It was a sexy play. Uh, you also had... Uh, with uh, Jake Beckett and the defensive line getting after 
Jordan Jefferson was the quarterback then, and then they ends up fumbling. Arkansas gets the ball back. They do a kneel down, and then Nile Davis just running over people at the end of the drives there to keep the clock going, just running with a, a purpose. And so it was just it was just great. And then to cap it all off, you had Bobby Petrino in the press conference saying his great line of, we didn't come to paint. We came to win the game. I mean, doesn't get any better than that, folks. Does not get any better than that. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, finally, I want to get my last game in here on the Locked on Razorbacks podcast of uh, the one that's the most memorable. And again, just stands out to me. I know people are going to lose their minds and get upset, but it just stands out to me uh, as one of the most memorable games uh, that you'll ever see. And, and Razorback sports, I've kind of done a little bit of balance, I think. I think uh, two basketball and two football have been uh, very fair uh, as far as all of that goes. But, you know, the football game that will stand out to be me the most memorable one, this one's one that you're probably going to get sick about because it's one that Arkansas actually lost. But, again, these are just for me. One of the games that stood out to me the most was 2010 Alabama in football in Fayetteville. Uh, and the reason it stood out to me was not necessarily just the game itself, but what led up to the game. Arkansas just defeated Georgia on the road. And that's when I kind of knew that we had arrived, man. Because I was a student there. I was like, we just went on the road and beat Georgia. And we did it with a great play towards the end of the game. Childs, please. It was awesome. We were a number 10 team in the country. Bama was number one in the defending national champions. CBS was coming to town. And I remember when all that got announced on that Sunday before, so you're talking about six days before, the chills among everybody was at an all-time high. And that week, there was just something in the air. Going on campus, all over the place, it was just people were losing their minds. They were as amped up for a game as I've ever seen. You know, some people say 06 USC, and there may be some arguments there, but this was different. This was an Arkansas team that was actually there, number 10 in the country. And the, the, it was the, the weather was great. The atmosphere was building. The tailgating was phenomenal. Everybody was, it was a packed out house. You could not fit another soul into that stadium. And we all know how it started. Arkansas gets the ball. They take one play to Jarius Wright, big time down the field. And the next play, the wheel route to Ronnie Wingo. And it was a fever pitch atmosphere like nobody had ever seen before. Never nobody had even heard before. And I remember being in that stadium and being in the student section and, and thinking, this is it. This is a feeling I, I, I only dreamed of. When that play happened, I, I think I passed out. <laughs> I, think I, I think I passed out from just the excitement that came along with it. I've never heard a stadium more loud, more raucous, more emotional, more fired up than that moment right there. And the game itself ended up being a good one. Unfortunately, Arkansas did not uh, get on the winning side of it. But still, I will cherish that moment, knowing and having that feeling that, man, oh, man, we're here. We're waiting. Now let's make it happen. It didn't, but it's a game I know personally I'll never forget for the rest of my life. Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We're going to keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.
are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 